Hey, this is Sayyam Bhutani and you're listening to Chai Time Data Science, a podcast for data science enthusiasts where I interview practitioners, researchers and calculators about their journey, experience and talk all things about data science. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Chai Time Data Science Show. In this episode, I'm honored to be interviewing Kaggle legend, double Kaggle grandmaster and former number one on the competitions tier, Gilberto, also known as his username, Jiba on Kaggle. We talk all about Jiba's journey into the field of data science, broadly speaking, and also on Kaggle. Jiba shares many amazing advices about Kaggle and also connects the dots for us of how those connect to the real world of data science. There are many advices about Kaggle, about data science and how to get your first break into data science. Jiba had a background of electrical engineering when he got started on Kaggle and he shares a very honest and transparent view of his journey into data science as well as Kaggle. So I'm really excited to be sharing this. A quick Note to the listeners, this interview will have manually checked and uploaded subtitles to YouTube. So if you're a non-native English speaker, please remember to enable those for a better experience. Along with the blog post release that will happen later. And if you're interested in that, you can find the links to the website again in the description of this podcast. For now, here's my interview with Kaggle legend and former number one, Jiba, all about data science and Kaggle. Please enjoy the show. Hi everyone, I'm on the call with the Kaggle legend, Grandmaster Jiba. Grandmaster Jiba, thank you so much for taking the time and joining me on the Chai Time Data Science podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Sanya. It's it's an honor to be here today and and talk with you and everybody watching and listening to these videos. Thank you. (laughs) I really appreciate it. It's really an honor to have you on the show. Uh, You're currently in the top four rankings of the competitions leaderboard. Uh, Could you tell us about your Kaggle journey? What got you interested on competing in Kaggle and your path to becoming the number one eventually on the leaderboard? Yeah, it's a long story but sure uh, actually i was always in my life involved with algorithms and coding but my graduation is in electronics engineering right and i worked for around 10 years no more than that okay i worked i worked for 15 years as an engineer wow. before that transition to the data science, right? And But during that time as an engineer, I was involved with coding and algorithms. Even my, my master was in a, in a field uh, related to optimization algorithms. Okay. I studied wireless communication and turbo coding. Actually, this is the name, the correct name. It's a kind of algorithm to correct bits 
transmitted via wireless communication, right? Okay. So I, I was always involved with some kind of algorithms during my, my entire uh, life. I was reading online, you were an electrical circuit noob, you had created your first circuit board at the age of 10. I also saw a video of your Segway yeah. board testing a uh, Segway really? board that you had built yourself. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that's true. I used to, to, to build my circuit boards by myself when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I built a, a Segway also uh, around six or eight years ago Whoa. using microcontrollers. Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. And but you I had used... taken the coding and even the like circuitry portion of the project, everything was done by you? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I built the circuit board uh, using a, a soldering iron, iron, you know, a mel yeah. melting iron, right? Uh, power transistors, I use an Atmel microcontroller. I coded the firmware of the microcontroller also. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I like that. But actually, the uh, most experiments in electronics in my life, I made... Uh, airplanes electrical airplanes i i've seen know? videos of that also on your channel i think yeah. uh, the pov have, cameras yeah. from the drones exactly i have some videos in on youtube uh it's uh, i coded some some onboarding circuitry and coding for the electrical airplanes it was my hobby for a, for a long time long time since the the electric motors uh, appears in the market for air, for electrical airplanes. I I used to to, to, to build it. I have <laughs> I, I aerial models, but I, I like I like electronics a lot. A lot. So how I did you design? Sorry, yeah. I still love the, the electronics and the hobby. But okay. since uh, 2016, I moved I, to data science and. I stopped doing any electronics as a hobby, but I still want to 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 do some some electronics hub in the future. <laughs> okay, maybe yeah. maybe you'll build a robot in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did uh, data science start to come into the picture for you? Uh, all of these years after working in the electronics domain. Ah yeah sure, uh, doing electronics. Uh, it's a matter of coding nowadays, right? Yeah. So when I when I figured out that uh, doing machine learning is something related with that field, or at least in the Internet of Things, there is a way to mix everything, right? Electronics, hardware, software. I start to get interested for different kinds of algorithms. And I found Kaggle in 2012 or 2011. Mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly, but it it uh, I love it since the first time. Okay. Right. Uh, when I joined Kaggle in 2012, uh, I start to two competitions in Kaggle at the time. There's two competitions running, and I joined the two competitions, and it was about a time series a challenge, energy and wind forecasts. And I realized that 
I had to learn a lot to compete on that kind of competitions. My previous knowledge of, about software had nothing to do with that kind <laughs> of competitions, right? These are data science in time series competitions. So at that time, my, I, my knowledge about data science was based on my knowledge on MATLAB. MATLAB is, is uh, I believe you know that, but uh, it's, a, it's a paid uh, tool for to, to, to mostly use it for universities and students, but also I started to use MATLAB in Kaggle, mm -hmm. uh, especially the MATLAB Neural Networks Toolbox. Okay. Uh, I used the two com first competitions too, and I was pretty lucky. I got a top three and a top 11 on my first two competitions in Kaggle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and, that, and at that time, it motivates me a, a lot more to continue learning that <laughs> different field on that time, right? So it was a bit of lucky. But also I spent a lot of time on those two competitions and Kaggle also because I found it very interesting. <laughs> and, and yeah, and I got this top three, top 11. And at that time, it was enough to become masters in Kaggle. Okay. And at that time, master was the top ranking in Kaggle, right? So, so for the audience, I the got the Grandmaster yeah. title was introduced much later after Jiva had started. That's a recent exactly. addition to Kaggle. Exactly. So I got that, that tired of Master Time Kaggle very soon. And it <laughs> motivated me to continue a lot. And I, I, I enjoyed the competitions. Because Kaggle that, that, uh, have that, uh, that feeling, right? That, that competition environment mm -hmm. at the same time that you are learning and reading forums, kernels, uh, it's pretty addictive, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know. How, how has your journey evolved from your first gold medal from seven years ago to now 47 gold medals? I'm not even going to count the silver and bronze. How has your approach evolved and your views on Kaggle evolved over the years? Uh -huh. Yeah, I believe my approach changed over time. Uh, because my, my skills changes also over time, my knowledge, and even the tools changed over time, right? Yeah. Uh, as, I, as I told you, I start with MATLAB, <laughs> then I move it to R. There was no uh, TensorFlow, no scikit-learn, I, I believe, back in uh, 2012. Yeah, I, yeah, it was on the, on the beginning of these of this tools, right? But yeah, I, I, I start with MATLAB, they move to R, then Python. But my, my first approach in the beginning of Kaggle, of my journey in Kaggle was pretty naive. Mm -hmm. Actually, I, I start to learn by myself on, on those competitions, right? Uh, I, I, I use a lot of Google search uh, to learn on that time. And my first approaches are I can say are pretty naive. I, I start to think how to, how, actually I start to think how data science and machine learning works by myself. I try to, to define my, my own hypothesis and test the hypothesis and find with my errors. So uh, 
I found that building a good CV cross-validation strategy is essential to win a competition. Uh, I, I learned from my errors that trusting the public leaderboard is a mistake. <laughs> I, I've faced that days. multiple times. Uh -huh. I've faced that problem multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but my, my approach improved over time. Uh, I, I start... On the, on the beginning, I used to code everything for every new competition. So I start from zero, from every new competition. Today, I have uh, some libraries I built and I use it like, when I start a competition. But at the same time, most of my code right now, uh, I keep uh, customizing to each specific competition. It's hard to build a generic code that you can use in all the competitions, right? Yeah. Uh, code or pipeline, it's pretty hard to, to have it, especially for Kaggle, that the competitions can come from different areas, different yeah. fields. And maybe if you are focusing in a specific field, maybe you can have some code that you can reuse on all the competitions, but it's not, not much in Kaggle. Maybe it's 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 easier to do that on a company that you, mm -hmm. you, you can follow the same uh, way of thinking every day. Yeah, yeah. but my, my approach uh, improved over time. <laughs> right now, I think I have a good good approach when I start a competition. Talking of uh, domain specific competitions, do you think like it's absolutely necessary to have business knowledge or domain knowledge for such competitions, or can you? Uh, even win them without having uh, the knowledge of, let's say, physics uh, competition, for example? Yeah. No, I don't think you, you must have knowledge, specific knowledge to win a competition. But of course, there's, it's not 100% of the time, right? Mm -hmm. So I think Kego proved us that anyone can win any competition, right? We have, yeah. I am a, a an example, I won many competitions in areas that I have no idea the idea exists before the competition. <laughs> I, <laughs> I won some, uh, for example, medical competitions about cancer, rent, uh, rental prices in Australia, uh, so some risk competitions, mm -hmm. uh, most different kinds of competitions I had no idea before. And I joined the competition. I studied a lot about the topic. I built hundreds of experiments. Uh, I found better way to improve the, the accuracy for that specific area. So, yeah, I believe if you have expertise in a specific field, you have an advantage from okay. people that are joining the competition. But it's, it's not uh, something... Yeah, necessary, yes, necessary. It's better to, you can jump a lot of steps <laughs> in a competition if you, you have previous experience or expertise in a topic, but it's not absolutely necessary. That's the, also the idea of Kaggle, right? The idea yeah. of Kaggle is yeah, show the, the data set, the problem to, to everyone and get the best solution from that challenge. That's yeah. the idea. 
So coming to uh, your journey, you became an active Kagler and I was reading that no one at your workplace even knew that you were number one before you even told them, before you told you were shifting to data science. So can you tell us how did the transition, like most people try to use Kaggle to transition into the industry. How was the transition for you and did you have to learn anything outside of Kaggle after you started working as a data scientist? Uh, yeah, the transition uh, is not easy and it's not fast, mm-hmm. right? Actually, I took four years uh, for that transition for me. So during four years, I was learning data science. I was learning machine learning, Kaggle, uh, using the internet. Uh, and it took four years for me to change my title from engineer to data scientist, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I used to, to say to people, uh, don't expect to be quick. Uh, expect to have a lot of trouble during the transition and expect it, uh, it to be slow, a slow transition. If it's, it's going to happen too fast, maybe it's something wrong or maybe you're not prepared yet. Mm-hmm. But data science is a field that, that have a lot of different, uh, it's an area with lots of different uh, topics. Uh, it's hard to to have a, a full knowledge in all these this different uh, fields and topics of the area. So it, it's, it's good to, to learn one, one every time, one by one every time, every different area of data science or machine learning. So especially in Kaggle, you learn a lot of machine learning. <laughs> but when you look outside on the industry, uh, companies, you see there's a broader vision of what is data science. There are other areas that is, are not present in Kaggle, right? Uh, especially because in companies, you are challenged every day to build uh, a Kaggle competition every day. For example, <laughs> in, a, in a company, usually you have a data set that changes every day, every hour. In Kaggle, the data set is fixed for the entire competition, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the challenge we face uh, in companies outside Kaggle are especially related with data preparation, uh, data acquisition, problem formulation, uh, all the aspects of building the the problem the challenge right mm-hmm. Kaggle is more about how to solve it using machine learning yeah and during the transition to the data science you you find that because most of the things that you learn on Kaggle uh, you still can use on the on, on outside Kaggle but you find that you don't know some other areas presence on the on the daily life of a company right like yeah. the ones that I told also for example model deployment is something not explored in Kaggle but it's something very common when you you join a company and it's there are many ways to do that and many ways to fail doing that and yeah so that's why I, I say when you are 
transitioning to a data science field, do it, try to do it slowly, uh, not, not jumping steps, uh, try to learn all the aspects of Kaggle and try to understand the difference of Kaggle and the real life problems to make it most, mostly, most smooth as possible, that transition. That is my recommendation. That's great advice. Coming to okay. your current job, uh, you're lead data scientist at OpenLotte. Could you tell us what tasks are you working on? Is it uh, somewhat related to all of your vast Kaggle experience that you gathered over the year? Yeah, it is. It's all related with my Kaggle machine learning experience. Apple uh, is building an automated machine learning product, right? For 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 everyone, and to automate machine learning, there are a lot of aspects, lot lot of areas to make it possible. But most of the the uh, to make it possible, there are a lot of algorithms that that make it possible, right? And having that experience in Kaggle helps me uh, to understand better the, the machine learning algorithms and provide better ways to build that auto AutoML uh, system. And I, I, I can't tell uh, exactly what we are working on Apple, but I can tell we are covering all the aspects of the AutoML, uh, since data preparation, uh, uh, data preprocessing, all the machine learning algorithms uh, available, uh, assembling, uh, stacking, hyperparameter tuning, model interpretation, deployment of models. So all these fields that I've been working on Apple and trying to make it as, be as best as possible to, to the end user. And all my Kaggle experience can be used in, in order to improve that kind of machine learning uh, uh, product uh, because Especially because uh, I have the feel, uh, I have the skill, I or at least I improved my my skills on Kaggle, right? Mm -hmm. And I explored the machine learning algorithms the most I, as I, I could in Kaggle in order to improve the accuracy of the models. So mm -hmm. that kind of experience, like tuning hyperparameters using the best model as possible for each solution, uh, setting a good cross-validation strategy. All this, this experience in Kaggle can be used uh, in an AutoML product. Uh, coming to uh, during your active Kaggle days, you're still very active, but when you were hyperactive on Kaggle, how did you balance your time with Kaggle family and you were working in a completely different industry? Uh, did you even sleep during that period? That's one question that everyone asks. Yeah, back to the beginning of my journey in Kaggle, uh, at that time, I, I have two babies and a regular job in a different area. So it was pretty hard to balance the Kaggle <laughs> time, job, and family time, right? It was not easy for me at all. Actually, I used to, 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 to work all the day. Then I get home, take care of the children. And only after the children are sleeping, I started Kaggle. Okay. Uh, and I used to spend three to four hours per day in Kaggle at, at that time. Okay. And of course, I, I, 
I, uh, I used to sleep very late in the night. So mm -hmm. I don't sleep much during that period. Uh, maybe I spend 20 to 24, 25 hours per day on Kaggle mm -hmm. during the time. So it's a lot of time if you have a regular job and babies at home. Yeah. And there's no secret or magic to do that. It's, uh, it's a lot of uh, dedication, right? You, you must dedicate to what you want. If it's really what you want, there's no secret sauce. Uh, but right now, I'm not spending that amount of time in Kaggle anymore, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think right now my job and my family are in the top. So if there's some time left, I go for Kaggle or maybe some video games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but right now is my, my life is different. It used to be like crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, six years ago, like spending also the, the full weekends doing Kaggle. But one strategy to do Kaggle is let your computer work for you, right? The computer can work 24 hours per day, yeah. but you can't, right? So try to think about experimentation. Try to set the experiments and leave the, the computer working on that experience. Because most of machine learning algorithms takes a lot of time to run. Yeah. And if you can manage to, to set some experiments and leave the computer running during the night, it's a big advantage for you in a competition, right? Because mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't lose much time. Yeah. So, yeah. Coming That's to, my advice. As you said, like it takes a lot of dedication. I'm sure it takes a lot of talent as well. You have you had, had amazing finishes on multiple competitions. If you had to pick your favorite challenge or your favorite battle story, if I may, of one competition, what would that be? Uh, yeah, I have many favorite competitions. <laughs> maybe maybe your top three or top two. <laughs> yeah, I believe my favorite competition was the one about... Uh, the leakage, the Santander one, uh, it's Santander value prediction challenge. Uh, it's about a leakage that I disclosed it on the forum mm -hmm. and I eventually winning that competition. I think this is my favorite one, mm -hmm. but I, I also like the auto group product classification competition. It was, uh, it was before I was the number one, but it was the first competition that I built a really huge stacking and assembling model. It was a multi-class classification, and uh, it was my fir first trial to build a, a huge stacking uh, ensemble mm -hmm. uh, solution. So I like this these two ones, the Santander, because I just closed the leak and then one and the auto because I use a very huge stacking to one. But yeah. there are other ones I love it. <laughs> My first two about wind forecasting and energy forecasting that I picked good, good placements. It mm -hmm. was pretty good because I use MATLAB and I, 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 I won 
uh, were some more experienced people than me. Uh, I, I have many favorites, but if I have to choose, I will choose that Santander one because yeah. I, I dedicate a lot of time, disclose the leak, so everyone was on the same uh, place. And then, of course, there's a lot of a bit of lucky, but a bit of experience and hard work to win a competition. And we managed to win that competition. It, it was pretty cool. Yeah. There's a question from the AMA section. Carlos asks, uh, you're well known for spotting target leakage in competition data. Do you have any uh, specific techniques or uh, do the approaches change for every competition? No, the, the approach changes over every competition. Leak because, especially because leakage changes, right? Every data set, doesn't matter, it can be tabular data, time series, or image data, or a mix of everything, or even NLP. Every data set is different. And mm -hmm. every data set can be any kind of leakage associated with the data set. Uh, on that previous example, on the Santander competition, uh, the leakage was about uh, a time series hidden in the, in the data set. But I've seen in, in some uh, image competition on, on the past that are some timestamps on the metadata of some images. And that the leakage can be different for each problem. And the way the leakage is hidden in the data also is different. So there is no classical approach or the, there's no receipt. It, the receipt, actually, the, the idea is spend a lot of time taking a look at the data set, understanding the data set, build some uh, hypothesis and test your hypothesis, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because sometimes you, you spend a lot of time in the data set, you find no leakage. And, and sometimes you can find something that is correlated with the target. It's yeah. a matter of trial and error. Uh, it's a bit of lucky also to, to find that, that issues in the data set. So there's no, 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 uh, no way to, to know if, if, you, if you don't try. And also, you, uh, I say it's a bit of lucky because you can try anything that comes to your mind, but the leakage is hidden something that you didn't test it. So, yeah. There, <laughs> There's no no yeah. regular approach for that. Yeah, every every time is a customized solution to find the leakage. What what kind of Kaggle uh, competitions interest you today? What challenges do you look for, and how do you decide to enter a competition today? Uh, yeah, actually, I try to to join all the competitions uh, right now, but I just become active in a competition, or I compete in a competition, if I feel comfortable with the data, if I like the data, especially right now if there's no leakage involved in the data set, mm -hmm. right? But my favorite competitions are the ones related with tabular data uh, or time series data right now. So I prefer to join these two competitions. Why? Because I found it in the past that I feel more comfortable with that kind of data, right? Mm -hmm. I tried any kind of competitions in Kaggle. Uh, 
all the all the types of computation carol optimization, image segmentation, table art, time series, <laughs> all the time. And I found these two table art and time series are the the ones that I like more. <laughs> I try to to join all those kind of competitions. Of course, if the time allows to do that, if my free time allows to do that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, these these are the two types I I prefer Got right it. now. So even after becoming number one, the best of Kaggle, and you held the title for the longest period, I think for two years. Why did you continue to Kaggle? Uh, even though you're not hyperactive, still one of the most active Kagglers. Why do you still continue to Kaggle? Uh, yeah, Kaggle is addictive, right? <laughs> uh, but it's not about the prize money not about being addictive but i like to use to still competing in kaggle to learn nowadays mm-hmm. uh, i used to to read uh, the forums i used to take a look at the kernels to see what people are doing um, but especially i like new new kinds of competitions so uh, i used to be much more active in the past before 2000 and 17 but right right now i i'm not so active but i still competing on, on kaggle uh, I, I still to 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 compete at least in one competition per per time kaggle right now yeah but yeah but what makes me uh, continue is that that hungry to learn to learn more because you never learn enough, right? Every day there's something new on the data science area. Uh, it's hard to be up to date uh, on the data science. You can yeah. you can use Kaggle to, to try new uh, approach to different problems. Uh, you keep reading uh, papers, reading new approach for new different problems. Um, and Kaggle is good to test everything, right? Yeah. To test new approach paper to to improve your skills. Sometimes there uh, you want to to learn something new. So I, I like to use Kaggle as a playground. That's why I continue using Kaggle. Uh, but I was much more active in the past. That that's yeah. true. Got it. So uh, now when you enter a competition, and this is a question by Delai50, uh, what are your first tips uh, when starting out on a fresh competition and has the approach uh, evolved over the years? Has your outlook on that changed? Yeah, the approach uh, when I enter is first step, understand the, the competition data, right? Take a look at the data set, try to understand the features, how they are correlated with the target, the types of the features, and what kind of validation strategy you're going to build on that to solve in order to solve that problem, right? Because sometimes you uh, to to win a competition, you must mimic the test set distribution, the public or private test set distribution on your training set validation. For example, if your if your private leaderboard in Kaggle uh, is a time series problem, and your private leaderboard is based on seven days of yeah. data, try to mimic that pattern on the validation, the training set. I mm-hmm. mean, 
try to make the train set and the validation most close as possible as the test set validation. This is, okay. yeah, this is part of, of my approach. Usually I spend a lot of time trying to build a reliable validation strategy using the train set and using the information we have from the test set. And after that, just after having tried that validation strategy, think about start building good models Mm -hmm. I mean, good models, I mean high accuracy models for that competition, right? Before that, makes no sense. If you don't have a good cross-validation or validation strategy, makes no sense trying to build uh, high-performance models before mm -hmm. that. So, yeah, set the cross-validation the strategy, uh, maybe spend a lot of time doing that. Uh, I'm not saying only one or two days, maybe a week or two weeks. Just mm -hmm. thinking about that yeah. to make it really reliable, really stable, right? Mm -hmm. To generalize as better as possible in the test set. Mm -hmm. And then start to building models using that, that uh, validation strategy. And what I mean building models, choosing different uh, machine learning techniques to train models on the data set, maybe dif building different views of the data set using feature engineering yeah. and eventually experiment with blending different uh, solutions in order to improve the final accuracy. This is my, my very general approach for a, for a Kaggle problem right now. Uh, I, most of the time, I, I, I must say, it's, bad, it's best to spend more, more time in the beginning setting that validation strategy, mm -hmm. then have to, to change everything on the last week of the competition or last two weeks, then becomes a mess, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It, it's good. It's good to, to think that way because, uh, and also trust your, your local validation score. Mm -hmm. It's very important. Sometimes you, you must uh, look at the public leaderboard score also, but most of the time, if you build your validation strategy correctly, you can trust your local metrics. <laughs> so try to trust more local than the public leaderboard. That's, that's part of the approach. I think that's one of the mistakes that all of the beginners make. And especially you are one of the grandmasters that has survived, survived most of the shakeups. You're always uh, good at that. Uh, coming to another aspect uh, is teaming up on Kaggle. You've teamed up with multiple Kagglers over the years. Uh, what's your teaming up strategy and your advice to beginners who start looking for teaming up because they think it'll help uh, better in, in terms of performance on the competition? Yeah, there are many different teaming strategies. Uh, if you are uh, a Kaggle novice, the strategy will be try to team up with a more experienced Kaggler, right? That's, that's easy because you, you will learn from that more experienced Kaggler. But yeah. if you are a grandmaster, probably uh, you are looking for some complementary approach for the problem. Uh, for example, an, uh, an approach that's completely different from your approach, right? Mm -hmm. That is my 
my main strategy when I team in. Uh, I ask people to have an idea what approach they are using to solve the, uh, the, the challenge. And if I consider it different from my approach, probably it's very good to teaming up with that person or that team mm -hmm. uh, in order to have two different viewpoints of the problem. Yeah. Because one way to improve the final accuracy of the models is blending uh, models using different approaches. And, right? And it is also part of the assembling technique to have different viewpoints of the of the problem. Yeah. And I think this is most critical part when teaming with a grandmaster is having something different uh, to add to the solution. And cool. usually it's hard to find someone that's different from you, especially because if people start to read too much the Kaggle forums, people start to build very similar, pretty similar solutions to the problem, or yeah. people start to get biased by the solutions present on the forum. Mm -hmm. So the forum is good, uh, yes, but sometimes you must stop reading the forums and try to build your own uh, customized solution to the problem. Uh, it can be vital to win a, a, a competition. It can be uh, something uh, that can improve a lot the accuracy of the final solution. Yeah. Just doing something different from others, right? Mm -hmm. Also, this is why blending a gradient boosting model with a neural networks usually is good for tabular data because they are completely different approach, different algorithms, training algorithms, right? Yeah. This is similar to, to, to team merging. Find people that think different from you and, ha and have uh, high accuracy models as well, right? Yeah. But uh, it's hard to find in Kaggle people <laughs> like that, right? And especially because what I told you, people try to, to, to build solutions uh, similar to the others in the forum. Mm -hmm. And also, it's hard to ask that kind of people about this, the solution because before teaming up, you cannot share information about the competition, right? Yep. So what's the best way to, to try to, to tell what are you doing without sharing exactly what are you doing? That's another challenge. Mm -hmm. So it, teaming up is not easy. Uh, it's not easy in terms of find the right people to teaming up, uh, asking the right questions, before the teaming up and deciding to teaming up. But mm -hmm. what, I, what I can say, especially for novice people, uh, try to teaming up with people more experienced in Kaggle, if, especially a master than a grandmaster in Kaggle, to learn. Yeah. Because uh, this is how I, I learned in Kaggle also. In the beginning, I, I teaming up with more experienced people than me, and I learned a lot from that people. Uh, I have a lot of tricks and tips also from that teamings and, and I, I recommend a lot teaming. It's something uh, I believe is, is, is the best way to learn because you can share knowledge in a team. Uh, you can learn from the experience of more experienced people and you have that 
uh, that advantage of building different approaches for each team member and then ensemble and blend all the solutions in one final solution. Mm -hmm. uh, I think teaming is, is pretty, pretty good in Kaggle in all the aspects. Yeah. You're also one of the people who are really great at uh, ensembling and you've, you've given multiple talks that are on YouTube. I could have those links, but any best advice that you, uh, that you have for ensembling all of your models has your, again, approach uh, changed over the years? Yeah. Ensembling, uh, it's a technique that is very easy to overfit if you do it uh, the, the wrong way. So, especially if you have a team, uh, you have to set some rules to avoid overfitting in a big ensemble. And also, you, you must take care of bugs in the code, especially regarding uh, the cross-validation or validation approach, because assembling many modules, uh, to make it work, you must uh, have out-of-fold predictions for all the models. Mm -hmm. And when I say out of fold, I mean do some validation strategy like cross validation uh, or a time series uh, moving window validation step by step. So one of, of my recommendations is do the, the, the model out of fold predictions is using exactly the same folds for all the models. <laughs> why that? Why that? to avoid leakage interfolds between folds of the same model. So if you, if you train a model using exactly the same folds for all the models in your pipeline, you, you, you make it possible to compare the performance of all the models. This is the number one uh, uh, approach you must take care when doing an ensemble, right? To make sure that you are not leaking information between the folds yeah and once you do that the stacking becomes uh, something trivial to implement basically you are going to ensemble or merge predictions from different models right but I, I believe people must take care especially with the, the validation also there's one technique very common in Kaggle uh, nowadays that is called target encoding, mm -hmm. where you, you use the target information to encode the categorical variables. Also, the way how we do the target encoding can leak information from the folds and this completely destroy an ensemble, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and so you must know what you are doing before doing that. That kind of approach can destroy an ensemble uh, generalization uh, performance on the test set. And, and it's something you must take care when teaming, teaming up with another people because people can have some different uh, understanding about how to, to, to run that algorithm. And from one, one single leaked model can destroy an entire assembly of hundreds of models. Mm -hmm. So this is something that you must take care, avoid leakage and overfitted models and ensembles. And yeah, I think, I think assembling is a pretty interesting topic. I would yeah. like to talk about it more. 
I use it a lot in Kaggle uh, in the past, and it's one uh, general way to improve the accuracy to the to the top, just blending different model predictions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's for for novices. It's also also like playing with fire, like you said. So you have to be careful. Another thing that's like playing with fire for the novices is hardware. And I'd like to touch up on this topic that a lot of your achievements were on a mid-range laptop. Do you think it's still possible to perform well in competitions? Maybe even win on normal hardware. Maybe not the deep learning competitions, but for yeah. the other categories. Yeah. I think it's possible with normal hardware. I started Kaggle using a low-end laptop. It's a Core i5 with four gigabytes of RAM. Okay. I used the laptop for many years. Then I switched to a better laptop, an i7 with 32 gigabytes of RAM, but no GPU at that time. It, it helped my life in Kaggle. <laughs> because I, I was able to fit more data set in memory. And, but I don't think uh, it's necessary to have a, 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 a high-end spec mm -hmm. on your laptop, your computer to win a Kaggle competition. Not, mm -hmm. not a, at least not a tabular data competition, right? Yeah. Uh, also, Kaggle provides the kernels that have a good amount of memory, 16 gigabytes, and four, two or four cores available. Mm -hmm. So it's enough to win a competition because competitions, people that win usually are the people that run more experiments on the data set. Right? Yeah. Competition is about running a lot of experiments on the data set. Uh, most experiments you run, more chance you have to win a competition mm -hmm. because you have more information about the data. Um, uh, right now, uh, I use two. I use two servers, two Xion servers, eighteen cores each, and a lot of RAM memory and one at least one GPU in each one. Okay. But is is not what makes the difference for me mm -hmm. right now. I believe your skills and and your knowledge about machine learning algorithms are more important. And, but of course, if you are joining an um, image competition, probably having more GPUs is a big advantage. Yeah. And the, right now, there are a lot of Kaggle competitions running for image classifications. So, yeah, it's if if you, if you think that winning a competition is running a lot of experiments and you have dozens of GPUs available, <laughs> you can run maybe dozens of experiments at the same time, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it's different uh, from tabular data that you are mainly, uh, the restrictions are mainly uh, on the number of CPUs you have and the, a little bit about the RAM memory you have available. Mm -hmm. But I still thinking that tabular data and time series data, uh, you don't need to have big hardware to win a competition. You can, when using even the Kaggle kernels to do that, if you have the enough knowledge and time to invest in the competition. Yeah, uh, yeah but it's not the case for, for, for image classification. <laughs> I yeah. think there's a, a big difference between those two kinds of competitions. Definitely. Yeah. And it was based on my experiment, 
experience also on both kind of competitions. <laughs> but I still like uh, image competitions. I have some GPUs to, to run, but it's unfair. I think it's unfair for people that don't have access to GPUs or have only one GPUs available. It's mm -hmm. harder to win that kind of competitions using less hardware. Yeah. So yeah, hardware can play a big role in winning image classification competitions or maybe deep learning competitions, right? If it, we're talking about natural language processing also. Yeah. You know, some, some NLP problems, uh, it's necessary to use large GPUs to run the models, <laughs> or at least to load the models in GPU yeah. memory. Right? <laughs> yeah. But it's not the case for tabular. Also, that's why I like tabular data. I can use my lap laptop and I can uh, go with my laptop anywhere in the world mm -hmm. and still competing without the need of large amount of GPUs. Yeah. Talking about experiments, uh, so there are times for people like me, especially when you get stuck on the leaderboard, you've been running a bunch of experiments, all are failing. What advice do you have for that time when your score isn't improving and the competition is still pretty active? How should you come up with new ideas or new experiments? Yeah, that is the tricky part of the data science because it's, uh, it's about uh, your previous experience in doing that to solving that kind of problem. But it's also about uh, 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 having new ideas, right? Uh, and having new ideas is something it's hard to, to improve that, that kind of, of skill. Um, when I'm running a lot of experiments, I try to run the basic ideas that comes to my mind, right? And I leave it running. Usually you have some predetermined, predefined ideas that are pretty common between all the types of challenge. But I used to think about the competitions even during my work time or even when I sleep in, I'm sleeping, I'm thinking <laughs> about competitions. And well, <laughs> usually, I, I, some of the ideas comes from that time that you are not competing, that you are resting or playing video game, you are enjoying it, <laughs> your family, and suddenly the ideas just happens to appear in your mind, and you're oh, you're in figure. Okay, maybe I should experiment that new idea I just thought. Mm -hmm. There's no receipt to that. It's about uh, it's an. Uh, art right it's something like an art mm -hmm. it's about intuition what what are my intuition to solve that problem uh, if you have a lot of ideas uh, it's it's easier because you can prepare a set of experiments and leave it running and and taking notes of the experiment results is pretty important also step to record what you made to log what you made in the past what you already experiment it's pretty I think important. that's also where the intuition starts to build. If you start to get a rough idea that maybe this is not the best experiment because this has failed earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when you can use your previous experience to, to do that. But sometimes you have crazy ideas. And I recommend if you have crazy ideas, try to implement that crazy idea. Sometimes it works. At least it worked with me. Some, mm -hmm. Sometimes crazy ideas helps. Uh, with the final solution, if you are building an ensemble of many models, 
but also there's no uh, recipe how to do that. My recommendation is try anything that comes in your mind if you have enough time to do that. Anything, even crazy ideas. And especially if the ideas are different from the ideas of other people in Kaggle. Because mm -hmm. if you are running I, the same, exactly the same approach that other people in Kaggle, you get the same results of the other people. It's very good if you are learning, if you are a novice and you are learning, this is pretty good to, to try that, that common approach. But you're just going to win a competition if you build something different from the others, right? Mm -hmm. If you take a look at the, 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 in the forums, the, the prize winners, if you read the solutions, you see they made most of the time things different from the other people. They think yeah. out of the box. They, they, yeah, they call it something completely different or sometimes some, uh, some step is different, mm -hmm. but it, it's hard to win a competition using a general approach, right? A pretty common mm -hmm. general approach. So yeah, that, that's my, my recommendation. Try everything and anything that comes in your mind. <laughs> Even if you are sleeping and you have an idea during the dream, <laughs> try to implement it in real life. It happened with me in the past. And okay. <laughs> what best advice would you have for a novice just uh, getting started on Kaggle right now? Uh-huh. Okay. To a novice, uh, uh, I recommend to read the forums, right? Uh, try try to, to attend some online classes, online courses, or any free courses or maybe paid courses online to have an idea of the, the idea of machine learning and data science. But at Kaggle, try to read a lot of the forums, try to replicate or at least understand the kernels, Kaggle kernels, and especially try to team up with more experience at Kaggle. This is pretty good. Maybe you, you was, you cannot uh, just think with a grandmaster, but maybe you can think with an expert or a Kaggle master. Uh, yeah. If you have some friend that is a master or an expert, it's easier to team it up. But try to learn from that people because uh, you can learn how Kaggle works and you can learn how machine learning works. They're two different things. To, to, to learn machine learning, you, you first need to learn how Kaggle works. Right, there's some uh, rules in Kaggle. Yeah. And uh, another advice is don't try to learn everything on Kaggle because data science, there are too many uh, fields. If you try to learn everything, you get crazy. <laughs> try, try to have just to know that every field exists, but try to experiment just a bit of every field and try to find the one, the, the, the field that you have more, uh, you are more comfortable or you are more interested about mm -hmm. how it works. For example, some people can find that natural language processing uh, fits better uh, with the experience of that people. Other people prefer to work with image processing or image classification. Other people, image segmentation. Other people like time series. Try to get expert in any uh, in one 
specific field before uh, trying to learn other fields, right? Don't try to learn everything at the same time. You get crazy. <laughs> yeah, also, it's impossible. <laughs> There's so many, so many things, so many papers, so many theory. So try to specialize in one specific field and get better on that field before moving to other fields. And if you like that field, maybe you should uh, continue work on that field, right? I, I know a lot of people that just work on that field and don't want to change. <laughs> that's, that's my advice for novice. That's great advice. Uh, just like this interview that has been full of great advices. I have a final question and this, is, this will be sure. tough for you. Uh, uh-huh. What has been your all-time favorite game and your current favorite game and PS4 <laughs> or Xbox? Because wow, I know that's, <laughs> that's the hardest question. I have to think <laughs> a little about that. Actually, I had all the, the game consoles. I had an Xbox. I have all the Playstations. But... <laughs> I have a lot of favorite games, maybe for PlayStation 4, mm-hmm. the ones that I like it more are the God of War series, you know? I'm a huge <laughs> fan. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked a lot that, that, that series, all, all the God of War games. And from the Xbox, I love it that Gears of Wars. It's a yeah. shooting, shooting game, Gears of Wars. One, two, three, four. There are a lot of... Five is also I, awesome, I think. Uh, ah, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, but I have a lot of, 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 of games that I like. They're <laughs> not my favorites, but I, I love, for example, Horizon Zero Dawn for play, PlayStation 4. Yeah, it's uh, an amazing game. Yeah, even Spider-Man, uh, Uncharted... Uh, some rolling playing games. Uh, there's there's some new 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 releases. Death Stranding right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, there's so many good games, and I, I I'm a huge fan of games for all my life. <laughs> I <laughs> won some 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 video game competitions before when I was a kid also. <laughs> <laughs> So you had that competitive element, but if you have to name one favorite game of all all time uh, throughout your wow. life that you really enjoyed, all the time, yeah. Wow, that's hardest question, right? <laughs> okay, I, I think the game that I spent most of my time playing the game wasn't. Uh, a very old game from PlayStation 1 called Final Fantasy 7. Do okay. you know that game? I have played that game. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I think I, I spent most of my time playing of that game. I, I think I spent hundreds of hours playing that game. I, this, this one game, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I can choose this, this one. It's an old one. <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Grandmaster Jiba, for joining me on the podcast and for all of your contributions to the kernels and discussions on the Kaggle community as well. I, I appreciate your invitation to be here. And it was an, an honor for me. So thank you also. Thanks so much.
थैंक यू सो मच फॉर लिसनिंग टू दिस एपिसोड इफ यू एंजॉय द शो प्लीज बी श्योर टू गिव इट अ रिव्यू और फील फ्री टू शूट मी अ मैसेज यू कैन फाइंड ऑल ऑफ द सोशल मीडिया लिंक्स इन द डिस्क्रिप्शन इफ यू लाइक द शो प्लीज सब्सक्राइब एंड ट्यून इन ईच वीक टू चाई टाइम डेटा साइंस